Hey, listen, we've got Eleanor Estes on the phone. Let's go to her real quick and find out about Redmont Distilling. Eleanor, are you with us? Yep, morning, guys. How oh, there all? she is. Hey, hey Eleanor. Eleanor. Yeah, Eleanor is the CEO hey. of Redmont Distilling, and some of you all might know better their product, Redmont Vodka, and we just wanted to get in touch with Eleanor, a good friend of mine, and, and uh, kind of catch up on how she got involved with Redmont and uh, what Redmont Vodka is up to and all about. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So, Eleanor, you know, one of the things that people who may not be real familiar with the company may not know is it's discussed that Charles Barkley is the owner. Is he the only owner or is there a partner, a partnership, a group of owners? And how did you get involved with the company? Yeah, so it's, a, it's kind of a neat story. So the company was founded in 2014 by a bunch of guys that wanted to put together a distillery. There were a bunch of breweries popping up at that time. And um, and so they got together, one of which is Jonathan Gidry, our head distiller, who's currently still our head distiller. So they had a they had a distillery in the old automatic seafood oh, yeah. um, location. So and then when that came up for turning over to a new, um, I think it was, the building was sold. So they had to kind of decide what they wanted to do. So in 2018, they approached Charles and myself um, to see if we wanted to be interested in in being a part of the distillery. And Charles, uh, being from Leeds, which is just outside of Birmingham, as we all know, sure. um, is super proud of Birmingham was looking for a business to invest in and decided that Redmont, you know, he's, he loves vodka. He doesn't love vodka, right? Um, and so he thought it would be a great um, a great way to get involved in business in Birmingham. He's a big fan of Randall Woodson. So, you know, that, that's kind of how Charles got involved. He he tells a story where he, he sat down with a bottle with a couple of friends and tasted it, and he's like, it tasted great. So I was all in. <laughs> well, and it looks like y'all are really doing a – Bang up job uh, branching out across the country with it. Yeah, we're 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 you know slowly but surely getting out there, and and um, we're in about fifteen states right now. Um, we're primarily Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi are our biggest markets. Um, Arizona and Nevada as well. Um, and then we're our next markets will be um, North Carolina and Pennsylvania. So, now, I know, but it's exciting. I, and, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to have a company growing in Birmingham. We make all of our product in Birmingham, Alabama, um, just uh, in Avondale, which is it's, our distillery is right next to Cahaba Brewing. Oh, okay. So okay, everything's gotcha. made in Alabama. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I, I was looking, uh, you know, on the website, and I saw that it's a reverse osmosis process. It's corn-based. It's eight times distilled. And so, I, you know, th- those are big words to me that seem to make uh, lead me to consider that this is a really pure process. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, wh- what is it about Redmont that makes it different than the others? You know, honestly, Redmont, so it's corn-based, so it's got a sweet finish, and we use that in both the vodka and the gin, and I did not know this until I got involved, but gin is basically the original flavored vodka. That's what our distiller said. So, yeah, so you, the gin starts with our vodka base, which is corn, and it's eight times distilled, which removes all the impurities, um, and we use RO water, which is the reverse osmosis water, which, so you're getting a really clean product, Um and which, which, you know, is great for no hangovers, right? Oh, yeah. And then with the gin, um, our gin is a simple gin. We have four botanicals. So you start with our vodka, and then we have a vapor-infused gin. So you, you heat the gin up so it, until it's a vapor. And in the gin basket, we use a gin basket. It's got our four botanicals, which is juniper, which is a requirement for all gin, uh, oh. coriander, um, orange peel, and um, <coughs> grains of paradise. 
And so the vapor kind of it gets infused through all of those botanicals, and then it gets condensed back into liquid form. And so that's how it kind of picks up all those flavors. And it's a it's a spot on gin. I mean, if you like a gin and tonic, uh, this is this is your gin. That's really interesting because it, it what I, yeah I had no idea that gin was related and processed to vodka uh, uh, so that really is fascinating. One of the questions that Tony and I had, in fact, had to do with the vodka, and that is right now is Redmont simply I, I don't know how to say it just purely vodka or you know you notice a lot of vodkas out there have their strawberries and cream or you know whatever flavor it might be that right. they're adding to it. Is, is that something that that y'all have in the inventory or is that in line or right now is it look our, our vodka is so good we don't need to play with those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, we're just doing, you know, straight vodka, no no flavors. And I'm kind of a fan of of flavoring with either natural fra- flavors or your mixers you like. Or, sure. you know, there's so many incredible fun mixologist things now. Um, I think starting with just a base vodka and adding on to that with whatever you want to do is, is the best approach. You know, you're right. I mean, it seems like we're in an era now where you go to different restaurants and, and uh, particularly restaurants where there's, you know, an actual chef and someone's doing, as you're saying, mixology. Uh, it seems like we're in an era where there's really some great innovations out there with new drinks that you've just never heard of before. Whereas in the past, it seems like there were the same old, same olds. Uh, but, but I love yep. your point. I mean, n- now you're leaving it to the experts to come up with their flavor, flavor profiles. Right. Yep. Which is so, I mean, I love going to a bar and watching somebody make a cocktail. I'm a big fan of, you know, dealer's choice at a bar of, you know, I want a vodka drink or a tequila drink or gin drink and, and letting the bartender kind of do his best. And, and it's so fun to discover new cocktails that way. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just every time you look and see these drink menus, you know, it's just something new and different and interesting to me. I know uh, you, you all, uh, the Redmont Distilling Company, are now official sponsors of a couple of pretty cool little sports uh, franchise brands, huh? Yeah, we are. So we are the official vodka of the Auburn Sports Network, um, and we have a limited edition Auburn bottle. Oh. Um, and I don't know if how you know how familiar you are with the Auburn and the Charles Barkley statue, but it's we're doing kind of a nod to that. Oh. And it's got, um, instead of our regular seal with Vulcan, it's got the Charles Barkley statue with him dunking. <laughs> so it's, it's a really, it's a great bottle. I love it. Um, yeah. And then we um, have also partnered with the Atlanta Hawks. So we are a proud partner of the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and we'll have a Redmont bar at the Hawks. Uh, State Farm Arena. So if you guys are in Atlanta ever, go by and check us out. We'll be doing some fun activations. I know Auburn plays there in December, um, so we'll be doing something in Auburn and, and just around other shows. So we're looking forward to that. That's our first year with that. You're listening to Truett News Radio, and we're on the air right now with Eleanor Estes, the CEO of Redmont Distilling Company. And yeah, that, that is exciting. And in fact, I guess when Auburn comes to town, you get to sort of blend a couple of those partnership opportunities. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. That's exciting. Well, I, now you had mentioned uh, uh, Arizona and Nevada were some areas that you uh, uh, were, were well present in. And it reminds me, I had met Charles Barkley years and years ago. Our, our show guest last week was Tom Ruin. His wife, Amy Ruin, was a, a four-time Olympic gold medalist swimmer uh, back in the 96 uh, Atlanta Olympics. And she was doing wow. a sports show out in Phoenix and Charles Barkley was still living out there at the time, or at least part of the time. And he would come on her show a lot, sort of as a, a, a fun little call-in. I think they would kind of give, give each other heck a little bit. Uh, so when I went out there, we had an opportunity to kind of meet up with him, which is a long way of me saying, I know at one point Charles Barkley also lived in Phoenix. Is that still the case? He does. He does. He lived there, um, you know, with when he, I guess, retired from the Suns and played. And he loves Phoenix. He loves the weather and all that. So he has the 
a place in Phoenix where he goes when he's not working, um, and he, he lives at Lanning when he's coming at basketball season, TNT stuff. I got you. Yeah, that makes it. Plus, I guess it, it, it's interesting. The Ruins, they like to get away from Phoenix during the summer months when the temperature is 603 degrees. Uh, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> I'm not sure how they do it, but that's, yeah. Yeah. I probably get away from there, too. <laughs> but, yeah. But Charles is, you know, it's interesting being um, business partners with Charles because he is, you know, everybody asks me about Charles and, and is he, is he exactly what he, what, you know, kind of, is it what you, is what you see, what you get, and it's even better. Charles is a great person. He cares so much about, really, the community and Alabama, and um, and he, he's just a really super fun person to work with and be friends with. Well, I'll, I'll say this. When, when I met him, again, it was through Amy and Tom Ruin, and, uh, and my wife at the time was a big Auburn fan, and her family was a big Auburn fan, so uh, he had invited us to go to some other uh, place to have some drinks with him, and it was like, it was the first time I understood there was even such a thing as like, uh, what was it like the VIP roped off area? You know, he's in there and my wife and I are with him and, and I'm just looking around thinking, you know, one of these things is not like the other one. Like I don't belong, you know, in this, in this <laughs> VIP area, but, but you know, I, my wife had ordered a, I think a glass of wine and I had ordered, I think, a you know, a, a bottle of beer. And when it came, I pulled out a 20, you know, to give to a Charles, you know, just to pay him for the money. And he just looked at me yeah. like I was an alien. He said, Brock, I've got this relaxed, but he honestly, <laughs> It was it was such a really really good time, and he made us feel so so comfortable, and uh, just really really enjoyed our time with him. Yeah, that's awesome. He's he's great. You know, he's given uh, back a bunch to Auburn. You know, I don't know if you saw that, but he donated five million dollars, um, like in Dallas scholarship for um, African American students, um, and then he's given like eight million dollars over the years to HBCUs. Oh, he's wow. he's yeah. super generous. He's he's definitely got his feet on the ground. Well, listen. I mean, you're you're the CEO of the company, and so you know what what what's, what's your day like, day in and day out? I mean, are you is, oh. is it looking at, at bigger markets, at expansion? Oh. Oh. Ellen, are you with us? Yes. <laughs> what what what's what's on the itinerary for a given day there at Redmont Distillery? Well, honestly, Brock, my job's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on the road a lot. Yeah, I am on the road all the time. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I, I get to go to a bunch of events. Um, I, I meet a bunch of interesting people, um, and it's it's really what I've what I've learned in this job is how how cool and great the world is, and how and how many interesting people there are. So my average day is you know either coordinating with distributors or or restaurants or on off premise, you know, just a whole bunch of people. All the, the everybody at the hawk. Um, partnership has been great you know Auburn guys are great it's just I've, I've met the most interesting people that's, that's my day-to-day job yeah well that I mean that does it just sounds it sounds like an awful lot of fun and sort of by definition what you're selling puts you in a position to meet people in an area where they're they've kind of taken their hat off and it's a uh, uh, you know sort of a casual setting with respect to where the product's actually sold Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Brock. I've been having some trouble with the mic. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. We got Eleanor. Just so you know, t- Tony's not able to be with us in the studio, and uh, th- this uh, this board from 1926 with tubes and and whatnot. It's it's not working really great. But uh, I thank you for your patience. Yeah, Tony. Did you have something you wanted to ask? Yeah. Hey, Eleanor. I was just going to ask about distribution. How do you go about that? I mean, how do you find new places to get the product out? And uh, you know, just how does that kind of work from a business model? Yeah, you know, I would say you know, distribution yeah, is really the key. Um, 
to and, and your distributor is the key at, at, in every at every market. It can be the same across the country, or it can be different in every market. It just depends. So we are uh, partnered with Southern Glacier in Alabama, and they've been incredible to us. Um, we'll be with them um, in Pennsylvania, North Carolina as well. We're with R and D C in Georgia. So it's it's kind of an interesting game to play um, with who the best distributors are in that state and, and, you know, working with them to make your product successful. That, that, that really is that that's fascinating what you get to do. And, you know, the opportunity to go out there in all these different markets and pull that off. I, 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 uh, I, and, and they've got the right person for it, by the way, Eleanor. I've known you for years, and you, you're just rock solid. So I'm, I'm excited to know that you're in this position and being able to, uh, you know, to establish a brand and go and expand it and certainly wish you the best. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I was excited to reconnect with you and see you. Where do you see the canals? Yeah, the canal, yeah, which I've got to admit, you know, I'm the world's biggest nerd, apparently, because I didn't know much about them, and everybody who I saw, like, a bunch of folks had traveled from heavens knows where to come see them, so I was excited to be there where I looked hip, but I really wasn't. Well, let me just say this. I looked around that room and thought, okay, all these people are old, so when they were at the same time as I was listening to this music, so what the heck does that say about me? <laughs> yeah, I thought this is yeah. like a time machine where everybody from, you know, 20 years ago has just, uh, you know, reappeared to, to the exact yeah. same kind of moment, but we're all 20 years older, yeah. Exactly. Well, Eleanor, we've got to run. Th- thank you so much for coming on the show. And I apologize. There's echoes here, and Tony's out, and I don't know what's going on at, uh, at 99.5 right now, but I'm just thankful to take this time on the air and give you a chance to promote yourself and Redmont Distillery. Yeah. And, hey, thanks for having me so much. I've always loved well, let's let's do it another time where hopefully we don't have as many echoes and technical difficulties. Yeah, keep up the great work. Thanks, Tony. All right. Thank you, Brock. All right, sure enough. Have a great day. All right, yeah, that was Eleanor Estes, the CEO of Redmont Distilling Company. Uh, herself and Charles Barkley and several others out there uh, just establishing Birmingham, Alabama and the Redmont brand and doing a great well, job. It's, of it's it. really it's really the whole state. I mean, it's great for everybody. Uh, for sure. The marketing they're doing is good. Uh, everybody knows Charles Barkley. So um, I think they got a lot of a lot of good stuff in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, it's, yeah, you know, yeah, to her no, point, yeah, boy, her you can point. tell she really enjoys her job. That's got to be fun. And when you get on the phone with your partner and that partner's Charles Barkley, I got to think there's moments of levity in those discussions. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brock, I was going to tell you about Truett Insurance and Bonding real quick. Yeah, uh, sure. Man, we've had an amazing week down there. We did. Uh, we had another bid bond go out. We had a client low on a payment or on a project that we're going to do a payment and performance bond on. Uh, we've had several other bond things happening. I got a contract coming in next week for about 4.2 million. We're going to do one. Uh, so that all is going good. We wrote some new, uh, business accounts this week. So, uh, appreciate everybody sending us their stuff. If we can help you with your home auto, uh, business, or again, I do all the bond work. So, uh, contractors send them to me and we'll knock it out for you. Absolutely. Do it with Truett. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Another cool thing we were talking about right before the show: Buffalo Wild Wings has this go concept. Okay, up yeah. the, they just opened in uh, Vestavia City Center up there, and uh, it's like a scale down version of Buffalo Wild Wings. You go in, you can you know order ahead. Everybody's doing these things on apps now, but I thought it was just strictly going to be like you walk in, grab it, and go. But there's some seating in there, and uh, I think it's going to be really cool to see what all the all the brands do. You know, the the Applebee's and Outbacks and whoever it is. Everybody kind of go to this uh, 
as a as a compliment to what they're doing or they maybe even you know focus more on this kind of stuff because uh, you can run in and out get your food and be gone and that's uh, appears to be what everybody's enjoying doing now yeah you know it was funny when you mentioned it to me because to me the whole concept of buffalo wild wings is the environment you go there to watch these athletic events you go there to be with your friends and see six thousand different big screens and enjoy their food which honestly I, i'm probably out of line saying this but the food seems to almost be secondary to the experience experience of having a couple beers with friends and all that so it is interesting to see them decide well we're going to reduce the size of that footprint we're going to have i think you mentioned there were about 10 tables inside but we're going to go to this you know mobile ordering and pick up and and that's obviously the way that things have changed post-covid so many people want the door dashes and to come pick things up uh so it's 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 astound- it's fascinating to see how that plays out in some of these other brands that i really wouldn't have associated with that concept yeah, I just think uh, you know everything has been shaken up, and it's and they're trying to figure out new ways to to distribute to to their uh, you know customer base. And I just thought this was a cool deal. We went through there, um, you know, we're in and out in probably five minutes. And uh, I, I think I, I would like to see more of it, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, th- now those ten tables, did they still have the big screens around? So I mean, is it a place you could go and watch the game with your friends? They they have they have some TVs. It's not like uh, it's not like you know a normal Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, yeah. they got stuff on in there that you can watch if you are eating in there. But it's certainly not uh, akin to what you're used to at one. I would say, but it's cool. Uh, you need to go check it out. And um, but you could you could eat you could you know grab a meal there or like I said, people were coming and going, and it had just opened. And I think as more people get familiar with it, you're going to see. Um, I think they're really going to build a following with this. Well, now, so I guess one question I have again, because my thought is you go there to watch the game, you get your pitchers of beer or whatever it is that people decide they want to drink. Did, did they have alcohol sales there or is it everything except for alcohol? You know, I didn't pay attention. Uh, I would think they do, but I don't know that. Yeah. Well, you know, as, as we mentioned that, you know, different brands are pivoting kind of post-COVID. McDonald's, you had up here that they're ditching their self-service soda fountains in their locations. And you, when you dig deeper into that, it turns out that's the same exact reason that, uh, you know, McDonald's has discovered that so many people now are doing mobile orders to come pick up or they're doing drive through that the, the need for a dining room has reduced and reduced and reduced. And so they're a little bit tired of dealing with the overhead of every single location, having a self-service thing that they've got to maintain but don't necessarily use. Well, I never understood that anyway, and I think that's one of the reasons that you know your drink cost has just been you know raised exponentially over the years. Because you used to get the one little cup, and you had to ration yourself on how much you could drink throughout your meal to make it through. Right. And you know that isn't the way it worked. They get that you know. So I don't know. I think it's a I think it's a smart move. But they're actually doing that over like a period of years. It isn't just going to happen like they're going to rip them all out at once. So, sure, sure. Uh, but you will see them starting to vanish. Well, listen, you've got here bestcolleges.com. Never heard of it, but I'm glad that they're out there. And they put together a list of the 10 best traditions in college football. And uh, I think that there's a school that you went to that made that tradition list, huh? Was the first one listed. Was Auburn. They put Toomer's Corner, which, you know, the rolling the trees and all of that uh, they put on there. They also gave a mention, you know, to the to the eagle flying over the field. But Toomer's Corner was on the list. Uh, some of these other ones I thought were just, I think they're cool to see uh, listed out like this. But, you know, Howard's Rock at up Clemson, at Clemson. Um, Ralphie's Run in Colorado. Yeah. you got to be a fan of that. 
Yep, yep, right. Uh, the Notre Dame play like a champion today. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma actually says they did that first, but uh, Notre Dame gets credit for the play like a champion today. And I didn't realize Lou Holtz was the one that put that up. I thought that had been there forever. Yeah, he probably um, got it from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, Ohio State's dotting the I. Oklahoma, the Sooner Schooner, yeah. which, uh, again, I didn't realize they do that after every touchdown, but yeah. you have a problem with it? Yeah, I don't like that yeah, little Stupid little wagon, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm glad that they have it and it made the top ten. I guess I'm I'm joking. I, I I did go to Oklahoma, and and by the way, that's a fantastic place to go watch a game. They're very very avid fans out there at Oklahoma. But when I went out there, uh, anytime I saw that ridiculous little wagon, it's because they scored on my buffs. <laughs> well, USC uh, the sword stab, Texas A&M's twelfth man, Virginia Tech's inner Sandman, which that looks oh, awesome. Yeah. I would love to yeah, be a part yeah. of that one day. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin Badgers jump around, yep. and then they had some honorable mentions: the Gator Chomp at Florida, the Wave at Iowa, which is just amazing. Uh, the cow, the uh, ring of the cowbells at Mississippi State, whiteout at Penn State, and uh, Purdue's big bass drum, which yeah, is always yeah, a cool yeah. one too. I thought one that's interesting that's not on there, and it's sort of similar to the U.S. Uh, USC sword stab, where you know the the Trojan stabs the field with his sword at midfield. Was uh, FSU where the Seminole stabs midfield with the flaming sword? Honestly, I think that's more dramatic in the first place. So I was surprised that Tennessee wasn't there. running through the tee. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you well, go. listen, uh, I think we've got Taylor Hicks on the line, so uh, let's let's go to that line. 